Hey guys, welcome. So, I'd recorded my last episode of season one yesterday and I was pretty content with it. There wasn't really much more I wanted to say. And it's the unfortunate thing with timing because I kind of locked it in. I had it edited and all this sort of stuff, which takes a while. And I had it locked and loaded for SoundCloud. So then, Eddie Hearn does an interview with Coogan. Nothing that's unusual and nothing that is out of the ordinary in terms of their routine. They're bored, if we're being honest. They're bored and they're glad to be in each other's company. Um, you know, alumnus of Brentwood School. Jesus, did you know how privileged Brentwood School is? Eddie Hearn went to the same school as, what's his name, Jack Straw. Was the year below Jody Marsh? It might have been the same year as Jody Marsh. He hasn't talked much about that. So can we find Jody Marsh and ask her what Eddie Hearn was like at school? Can we find Frank Lampard and ask him what was Eddie Hearn like at school? And I only ask that because I find it strange that if you look at Jamie Redknapp and you look at Eddie Hearn, Hearn always looks like he's trying to copy Jamie Redknapp. And I don't know if that's a thing that started off at school, but, you know, I digress. But here's where I feel uncomfortable with what Eddie Hearn and Coogan Cassius have done. And I think it's, it's reckless, it's negligent, and what it also does is it creates a false story in boxing. So they talk about Jerome Miller and they talk about his, his second instance of failed drug tests, right? Because really, if you fail two drug tests for one fight, I call that one failure. And so this is the second time he's failed a drugs test, as far as I'm concerned. Now, let's look at other heavyweights who have failed two drugs tests and promoters they've worked with. Alexander Povetkin. Hmm. Brentwood alumni. Luis Ortiz. Brentwood alumni. Dillian White has failed two drugs tests. We can talk about anything else, but he's popped twice too. Brentwood alumni, right? So you start to look at this list of people. I'm sure Ustinov has worked with Hearn and he's failed. So what I found interesting was how quick he was to, to slaughter Miller and to slaughter the people around Miller took no personal accountability for what he's done. Remember, he was actively trying to sign Fury after Fury had failed a test and after Fury had refused to take a test and after Fury had admitted taking cocaine. And yet, not Coogan, not, not Belen Tebbit, not Michelle Joy Phelps, not Danny the Creep Flexen, none of these people have asked Eddie and said, don't you think you're a bit of a hypocrite working with these heavyweights? And we should be hammering that point because Jarrell Miller's done nothing, I repeat, done nothing that anyone else hasn't done. And Hearn's excuse was, I can, get, I can, I can feel sorry for Povetkin because he kind of cheated with different substances, but Jarrell Miller cheated with stuff that I can't even spell Therefore, he's a worse human being. And you're thinking to yourself, this is ridiculous. And once again, this is what happens when you allow Hearn to become the voice of British boxing. And this is what boxing fans have done. They've enabled a sport little twat to, to talk disrespectfully like that. Because the reality is, Miller is in, he's in the peloton 
to use a cycling expression, when it comes to drug cheats. He's done nothing out of the ordinary. It's not like he's found some mysterious substance that gives him 50 times the stamina of a prime Manny Pacquiao. No, he's just used what everyone else has used because he works with people who work with other boxers. Let's not drop names. That's why it's easy to work out what's going on here. Jarrell Miller works with people who work with other boxers. And people are treading carefully because if you ban Jarrell Miller for life and you ostracize him from boxing, he will talk and he will tell you who else is doing what. So they'll keep him in the sport. So when I, when I read people like Michelle Joy Phelps saying, what constitutes a life ban? Well, half the people she's interviewed should be banned by her own test. I see Ashley Theophane piping up. Half the guys he spars should be banned by his own and by his own standards. Half the guys he spars shouldn't be boxing. And all these guys in boxing are piping up and they're so ignorant because they don't realize that the reason the sport's the way it is is because of the guys taking the drugs. The heroes are not the clean guys. That's just the reality of our sport. It's the freaks, it's the dopers who are taking boxing to that commercial utopia that everyone aspires to. And so you're seeing everyone in boxing just jump in on this and go, ban them for life, this, that, and the third. And be sure there'll be people who are saying ban them for life and they'll fail a test and they'll come up with the excuses. The problem you now have is doping agencies are so scared of lawyers that they've allowed all of these little exit routes to exist. So as soon as someone fails a test, they can say my stuff was contaminated. That's it. My stuff was contaminated. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just failing for the same thing again. This is just stuff that was in the fat cells. All of these small excuses become ways of getting out of it. So we've allowed this. I think we need to go back to first principles when it comes to stuff like this and just say, as soon as you fail for a PED, you're out the sport. No excuses, no nothing. Because like poor old Liam Cameron, four years. Miller's failed twice for God knows what. Liam Cameron failed for having a bit of cocaine. Like, it doesn't feel proportionate, which I touched on in the previous episode, but the way Hearn was quick to shoot down fighters that are not under his control while ignoring the hypocrisy of what he's saying and Coogan for letting that happen. Once again, you guys take these outlets seriously, man, and shame on you for taking these outlets seriously. Like, every time we expose something about these outlets and how they're not independent and they're there merely to... They're, they're, basically, they're Fox News, right? That's what they are. They're Fox News. And they're designed to, to turn your mind a certain way that anything that's not Eddie Hearn is terrible, anything that is Eddie Hearn is good, and my question to the boxing fans is, are you going to tolerate this? Man? Everyone's got like a month to reflect on this and go, are you willing to tolerate this? All for watching Ted Cheeseman versus Sam Eggington. <laughs> and in this interview as well, he slaughters Amanda Serrano. Why? Like, you're taking money off your own table by doing that. Yes, Katie Taylor has fights. Um, I think the Chantal Cameron's a good fight. I think Chantal Cameron gives her trouble. I think we're seeing Katie Taylor on the downside of her career. You know, there's only so many miles you can do as a fighter. And she's been doing it for long enough that, you know, she's, she's getting on a bit. 
so Chantal Cameron's a little bit fresher, a little bit hungrier. So she's a threat. You know, so you could make that fight. You could make the Delphine Pursun fight, but it feels almost like they're rushing that fight. You want to give Pursun seven weeks to, to prepare, but you know she's got a full-time job. So there's all sorts of admin she has to sort out before she can fight. And that's that classic Hearn tactic I talked about in the previous episode. Stack the cards in your fighter's favour. So if I'm Delphine, I'm like, I already have a job. I'll fight her when I'm ready. Which is what Serrano did. Serrano said, look, I'm not going to make the money when I thought I was going to make it. Let me go and do some TV in Puerto Rico or whatever, as she's entitled to do. And then Hearn's there going, we've got a fight contract. Imagine trying to take money off someone's plate by saying we've got a contract. She can't do the TV show. At a time when you hadn't agreed a date, which is what I find strange. And so poor Amanda Serrano loses out on a commercial opportunity. I'm no Serrano fan. I wouldn't be surprised, if I'm being brutally honest, if she's a drugs cheat. She strikes me as being one. She's too sanctimonious in the interviews you see, right? But whatever. That whole team strikes me as being somewhat weird. But well, moving on. But she's got a right to earn money at a time like this where people are getting, you know, furloughed and people are getting made redundant and wages are dropping and commercial opportunities are falling through. You've got to take what you can. And there was no sympathy, no empathy from Hearn because, once again, if that was his fight, if Katie Taylor was doing something in Ireland, he'd have said, look, Katie's got to earn a, earn a few quid. We can do the fight anytime. And so it's this hypocrisy. I'm going to keep using that word that Eddie keeps coming out with and yet no one pulls him up on it and says, mate, don't you think you're a bit of a dick sometimes? But not only that, we, 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 so they don't even talk about the fast that is the WBC situation. <laughs> so you have Luke Campbell versus Ryan Garcia for the WBC interim lightweight title. One of those will get to fight Devin Haney for the WBC regular title. And none of those guys will fight Vasyl Lomachenko for the franchise championship. And in one fell swoop, the WBC became the WBA. And you can see what they're trying to do. They want some of that DAZN money. So they're draining down that DAZN money, giving them these trinket-type belts, without ever giving them an opportunity. And do not be surprised if you see this with Tyson Fury, where he's elevated to franchise champion, Dillian, Dillian White fights for the regular title and then they'll get someone else to fight for the interim and then that will be a way of putting pressure on Dillian and he'll never get to Tyson Fury. And, you know, Bob's smart. Like, the moves that Bob Aaron makes, beyond question. But once again, look, look at, look at what's going to come out of that. Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell. Do I think it's a good fight? Luke Campbell's an Olympic gold medalist. Why is he having to fight uh, basically an internet celebrity, right? And if he wins that, he then has to fight another social media created phenomenon. You know, all those times we talked about Tevin, not Tevin, Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia and their amateur pedigree, this, that, and the third. Luke Campbell has that in buckets, but Campbell's not getting any younger. And so I think it's another demonstration of how Hearns failed another fighter that Luke Campbell's never fought for a meaningful world title. I think I should take that back here. Yeah, I think he fought Linares for one. 
But he's never won one, I should say. It's my fault. He's never won a world title. And you look at Luke Campbell's pedigree and his record, and he should have. It's not like there were people there who were miles better than him. He could have beaten a Robert Easter Jr. Yeah? He could have been in the position that uh, Richard Come was in. He could have been in that position. But his promoter isn't really that good. So what I'm now going to do is let's track the numbers for these Hearn interviews. Because remember, the benchmark is a million, and this is what I was told. Eddie Hearn does the million. Eddie Hearn does the 700,000 views when there's boxing coming up and there's boxing to talk about. So let's track where these interviews go, because that will tell us if people were spending money on views or not. So this is the time that we want to start tracking numbers, because we were told... The numbers are really, really low because there's no boxing happening. Now there's boxing happening and there's boxing coming to the UK. So let's see what the numbers do. Everyone, just like I've told people, look out for Andy Ruiz sweating. Now look out for these numbers, right? And whenever you hear people talk about numbers, go and check them. And you'll find that, you know, things don't make any sense. And at the center of all of this is Hearn, because he's got that zone marketing budget. He's got the Sky Sports marketing budget that he can throw around as he wants. But I just wanted to add that in because it all happened after I'd recorded, but it irritated me enough that I thought, no, I've got to throw a little couple of lines in there. But it's up to you guys. You're the boxing fans. Make your mind up. You can't keep trying to explain to me how Matchroom are good for boxing when we're getting what I think are dishonest tactics and unacceptable behavior it is for me. Like in any other sport, Hearn would have been pulled up before a governing body for bringing the sport into disrepute numerous times. Only in boxing can you just be completely lawless like this. You know, and like I've said in previous episodes, that's why there's no money in boxing for most people. That's why it's not an industry where you can make a career at the middle level or the lower levels because you just look around and you go, it's full of these clowns and these cowboys and their only incentive is to ensure that they can still make money. They don't care about the sport. But like you guys have a choice. You can choose to listen, you can choose not to listen to these guys. Up to you.